Well, good morning. We want to welcome you to Broadway 1109. Won't you stand with us as we begin to worship together this morning? Let's stand and sing. He's coming on the clouds. He is coming on the clouds. Kings and kingdoms will bow down. And every chain will break as broken hearts declare his praise. Who can stop the Lord Almighty? Our God is the Lion. The Lion of Judah, he's roaring with power and fighting our battles. And every knee will bow before him. Our God is the Lamb, the Lamb that was slain for the sin of the world. His blood breaks the chains. Every knee will bow before the Lion and the Lamb. Oh, every knee will bow before Him. Open up. So open up the gates. Make way before the King of Kings. The God who comes to save is here to set the captives free. For who can stop the Lord Almighty? Our God is the Lion, the Lion of Judah. He's roaring with power and fighting our battles. Every knee will bow before Him. Our God is the Lamb, the Lamb for the sin of the world His blood breaks the chains Every knee will bow before the lion and the lamb Oh, every knee will bow before Him We declare this together this morning Who can stop the Lord? Who can stop the Lord Almighty? 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 Who can stop the Lord? Our God is the Lion, the Lion of Judah. He's roaring with power and fighting our battles. Every knee will bow. Our God is the Lamb, the Lamb that was slain for the sin of the world. His blood breaks the chains. Every knee will bow before the Lion and the Lamb. Oh, every knee will bow before Him. Out 
for just a moment. We are glad that you're with us this morning. We want to welcome you to Broadway 1109. We are thankful that you would spend an hour out of your week with us here at Broadway Baptist. Uh, if you're new with us, if you're a guest, uh, maybe this is your first time here or your first time in a while, if you would, there's a little connect card perforated on the edge of your bulletin. If you would grab that, tear it off, fill it out, and then in a few moments, you can either drop it in our offering plate, or if you miss that, that's okay. You've got another chance to turn it into us. You can hit, uh, stop by our welcome center after the service in the back of our sanctuary, and they will be glad to take that from you. That's our way of getting to know you a little bit better and how we can best minister to you and your family. We're not going to use your information in any way that you wouldn't want us to. Uh, we simply just want to get to know you a little bit. Uh, again, we are glad you're here. We hope that you're paying attention to your bulletin and the screens as you come in so that you can stay up to date on all that's going on here at Broadway. We are excited for this morning and for all the festivities of today. Don't forget that our trunk or treat is this afternoon. Uh, and we will give you some more details about that at the end of our service. We're excited about all that God is going to be doing uh, on, our, on our campus this morning and this afternoon uh, through all of our ministries here at Broadway. If you would, I'm going to open us up in a word of prayer, and then we're going to continue to worship together. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for this morning. We thank you that... Uh, through you, we can come to uh, the Father in worship, and Lord, that we can approach boldly. God, we thank you that you have given us an opportunity this morning that we can gather and we can worship with our brothers and sisters in Christ, Lord, and that we can exalt your name together. God, we love you. We thank you for all that you do for us and your many blessings that you give us, Lord. We are so undeserving, and yet you love us anyway. It's in the powerful name of Jesus Christ that we pray. And everybody said amen. Let's stand and sing together this morning as we continue to worship. The dark tried to hide and steal you away. Death tried to keep inside of the grave. The enemy fought, he tried, but he lost. You cannot be stopped. Sing it out. When we cried for freedom, you tore down our walls. Our birds, you carried it all. Our fears and our failures hang dead on the cross. You cannot be stopped. Move the mountains, move the mountains, breaker of chains. Jesus is triumph. Over the grave, sing hallelujah, the battle is won, nothing can stand against our God. We stand on your victory and shout out your praise. Miracle maker, your mighty to save. Awesome in power, relentless in love. You cannot be stopped. Through a mouth, breaker of chains. Jesus is triumph over the grave. Sing hallelujah, the battle is won. Nothing can stand against our God. There's nothing that can stop our God. There's nothing that can stop our God. There's nothing that can stop our God. There is nothing. There is nothing. Again. There's nothing that can stop our God. There's nothing that can stop our God. There's nothing that can stop our God. There is nothing. 
invite you to be seated for just a moment as you pray with me as our ushers come forward. Lord, we thank you. God, we thank you for the grace, the love, the mercy that you showed us on, on Calvary as your son took our sins, our, our shame that we deserved and took the death that we deserved, the penalty that we should bear. God, we love you. We thank you for the eternal life that we can have through Jesus. Lord, now as we move into our time of giving, Father, where we give back a, a portion of what you have blessed us with, Lord, I pray that you would take our tithes, our offerings, God, and that you would use them to further your kingdom and bless both the gift and the giver. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. You can stay seated as we pass our offering plates and continue to sing together. Your heart and lead me in your love to the 
Lord, we put our hope in you this morning, our trust, our lives, God, because you're the only one who's worthy of, Lord, you're the author and perfecter of our faith, God, and we love you. We thank you for that. It's in your precious name that we pray. Amen. You can be seated. Christmas shoe box. Jesus is the Son of God. John 3 verse 16. Just then Jesus disciples Hi, <laughs> My life has changed since Tulafella came to me and said John 3 verse 16. That is the verse that opened my heart. I want to thank Tulafella for being my best friend and sharing Jesus' scripture with me. Christmas shoebox We are going to have a special time prayer for the Luke family. This is their last Sunday, and they are in the military. They've been here two years, so I'm going to. Sherry Austin's going to lead us there in prayer. I want to tell you, Kelly, y'all, yeah, you come stand. Oh, yeah, you get up on the stage. <laughs> so, Sherry, here's your microphone. But I want to tell you all, this is uh, Kelly Loop. Her husband, Andrew, he's already, he's in uh, uh, San Antonio, isn't he? They're in the military. And they, this is their last Sunday here. They are moving to Fort Campbell, Kentucky. Like in a week, right? Yes. So in one week. So this is their, this is their final service right here. They have three children. They have Penelope. Now, she's downstairs in children's... I'm sorry, uh, Esther's down in children's church. Penelope, and this is Naomi. Naomi wins the prize for all-time greatest Sunday. I used to teach two-year-old Sunday school, and I loved actually really missed that. And, um, and, and Kelly, they're expecting their fourth child as well. So she's... Oh, it's a little boy. So, so three, three girls and a, one little boy. I remember... Never forget, Sunday school's on Sunday, and she got discharged from the hospital on Saturday, and was at Sunday school at, listen, 9.30 a.m. with a brand new baby. I mean, that's impressive, you know. Sherry and I j crack jokes all the time. Usually when someone has a baby, it takes them out of commission for two years in church. But um, here, not, not Kelly, so, so that, was, that was her third. So, so, but we are going to miss them. I've gotten to know them the past two years here. They have been so faithful. Every time the doors are open, they're here at our church. So anything you want to say, Kelly? Here, give her a mi microphone that way. Oh, we really enjoyed it here. We're going to miss it. Um, all, we always talk about how when we move, we uh, always miss where we're going. And just we hope to find something like this when we, when we move. So. Yep. Yeah. 
So that's what I'm saying. All right, we're gonna let's bow our heads, and uh, Sherry Austin's gonna lead us in prayer, and we're gonna pray over the Luke family. Dear Lord, I just thank you so much for this day and this morning that you've given us this beautiful weather and break of rain. Dear Lord, we just pray for Andrew as he's training in San Antonio. Dear Lord, and as they get ready to move, dear Lord, and just I just pray you give Kelly the strength as she has just made all the preparations to sell their home and to pack. And to get on a new adventure, and it's just such a hard thing to leave family that you've made in a new place. But, dear Lord, I just pray that you will just help them to scope out that next church, dear Lord, and the next city so that they're able to find a family there. And there, I know, I know they will um, be able to just really stabilize and learn about Jesus in that location and just spread their joy and their love. I pray for their protection, dear Lord. I pray for um, Kelly as she is growing with their fourth little baby and just her health and her wellness for that little boy, dear Lord, and I just thank you for Esther and Penelope and Naomi as they have been such a blessing, and we will miss them so much as Christmas comes around and they won't be here. And we love you, Jesus, and we thank you for this day. Amen. Amen. So, so, thank you. So, I did. So, all right, when this service is over, Kelly's sitting over there, you need to make sure, I don't even think y'all don't even have time, y'all are packing, y'all don't even go make trunk or treat tonight, are you? Oh, they're going to try. So, make, make sure... You speak to them when the service is over, so that way um, you can certainly let them know how appreciative you are with that. If you have your Bible, turn in your Bible to the book of Daniel. Daniel chapter 1. Daniel chapter 1, verses 1 through 16. We are on the second part of a sermon series. Do you know, uh, I was once at a church, and I walked down front like this, and I was speaking, and I got a complaint. This lady came up to me. All I did was make like one or two little circles. She comes up to me after and says, Sir, my head was dizzy. You made my, my head spin because trying to follow you around. So anyway, but I won't do that. I don't want to get you dizzy. So that, wow, lost my hand. Pull out your bulletin insert as well. I was going to see how many times I can go up. I'm telling you, pull yours. I only have mine. Pull out your bulletin insert. I want to share with you, we are going through an exciting theme here called Babylon. This is the second part of a four-week sermon series. And I want to share, last Sunday, we looked at how what happened was the people started, they come off Noah's Ark, and they come down in this whole region. Babylon's about 55 miles south of Baghdad. It's in current-day Iraq. And what happened was the people come, came there, and they started building a big tower. And they wanted to be known as have a great name. And then what happened was, it said the Lord came down and confused their language. And He scattered the people all across the earth. And that's why we have multiple languages like we do now. And also during that time, and this is in Genesis chapter 10 and 11. Genesis chapter 10, there was a gentleman named Nimrod. And he was known as an empire builder because he wanted... To have this, he was a great warrior and hunter, and he just wanted to have a, a vast kingdom. And what was going on is all throughout, from the beginning of the Bible all the way to the end of the Bible, every time we see the word Babylon, it's a reference to people trying to do things on their own, and they are trying to do things on their own. It's a life without God. So last Sunday was Genesis. Today we're going to look about Daniel. The next two Sundays, we're going to be in Revelation 16 and 17, because at the very end of the Bible, Babylon makes a comeback. There's this woman, and her name is known as Babylon, and she goes around per, per, um, pointing people to the beast. So that's going to be the next two Sundays as well. So it's going to be a, a, a great message you don't want to miss with that. All right, if you have your Bible, Daniel chapter 1. Daniel chapter 1 Verses 1 through 16. What this is here, the book of Daniel, this is a young man and his three friends. They lived in Jerusalem. A man named Nebuchadnezzar comes over from current day Iraq, that Babylon. He was the king of Babylon. And he captured and destroyed all of Jerusalem. And what's going to happen? He's going to take all these people, including these four men, which is the book of Daniel's about, and haul them over to this land of Babylon. And in Babylon, remember, they don't observe the Ten Commandments. They don't follow the teachings of the Lord. Babylon is a secular culture. And you're free to just do whatever you want to do. There's no 
no rules. But we're going to see a picture here of this young man named Daniel. While he was in a faraway land, a place that was not his home, he continued to honor the Lord. And the point of this message, what you want to get here this morning, is whether you live here in Lexington, or Fort Campbell, or Alabama, wherever you're at, it might be a place you only want to be at. We are called and expected to honor the Lord and live for the Lord wherever we're at. No matter how wicked our city becomes, you can live for Jesus. Alright, follow along here, Bible. Daniel chapter 1, verse 1. In the third year of the reign of King Jehoiakim of Judah, King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon came to Jerusalem and laid siege to it. That means... He just wiped it out. Goes on to say, verse 2, The Lord handed King Jehoiakim of Judah over to him, along with some of the vessels from the house of God. Notice that God allowed this to happen. And the reason why is, the Israelites were disobeying the Lord. God allows nations and countries to be destroyed. They're not honoring the Lord. If they're not following the commands of God, they're going to get wiped out. That's what happened right here. So what happens also, it says they take some of these vessels from the house of God. And it says Nebuchadnezzar carried them to the land of Babylon. So remember, the house of God, that's the temple. The temple was built by Solomon. Solomon was the wealthiest man in the history of the world. He would go and, destroy, and David have some military battle and they would collect the gold. And all this gold just kept going to the temple. So you go into church and it was, there was gold everywhere. It was very elaborate. They had a treasury, a lot of wealth. So Nebuchadnezzar, when he comes and wipes out the Israelites and conquered Jerusalem, he opens up their treasury and goes, wow, these folks were wealthy. Look what we just got. So let's haul some of this back, back home to Babylon. So he's taken away the items that God had given to the Israelites. They lost it all. It comes back to bite them because later on in the book of Daniel, the guy that followed Nebuchadnezzar, Belzar, he got drunk and he, got one of the, he started pulling out the stuff that came from the Lord's temple. It was in the treasury. And he starts pulling it out and all of a sudden there's a handwriting on the wall. Because God, when it seems like <clears throat> at the very end of their rope, as bad as it got, then Lord just says, well, I'll show you. So that man died that very night. It says here, Nebuchadnezzar carried them to the land of Babylon, to the house of his God, lowercase g, a false god, and put the vessels in the treasury of his God. The king ordered Ashpenaz, his chief eunuch, to bring some of the Israelites from the royal family and from the nobility, young men without any physical defect, good-looking, suitable for instruction in all wisdom, knowledgeable, perceptive, and capable of serving in the king's palace. He was to teach them the Chaldean language and literature. So understand what happened. Nebuchadnezzar goes and wipes out this place, and he sees there's some good-looking guys here. They're strong, and they seem like they're good common sense. These are the type of guys you want your daughters to marry, you know, instead of making them slaves and just exiles over there, why don't we put them in the royal palace and we'll start training them for, th for, for three years and they're going to start serving the king. We're going to teach them, instead of learning Hebrew, they're going to learn our language, which is the Chaldean language. So, so what's happening here, Daniel and his three friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they're now in this new indoctrination program in Babylon that's preparing them and teaching them all about Babylonian history and culture and their false gods and the way they worship. It's very secular. It's very foreign to what, what Daniel was used to. Verse 5, The king assigned them daily provisions from the royal food and from the wine that he drank. They were to be trained for three years, and in that time they were to attend the king. So Daniel and these young men, they're probably 14, 15, 16 years old. They're no longer with their families who also got captured. They're at the king's palace and they're in their own indoctrination program in Babylonian culture. Among them, verse 7, 
from the Judites were Daniel, Hananiah, Michelle, and Azariah. The chief eunuch gave them new names. They had to get new Babylonian names because they're now in a new place. He gave them the name Belshazzar to Daniel, Shadrach to Hananiah, Meshach to Mishael, and Abednego to Azariah. Now look at verse 8. This is a key verse because this sets the tone for the rest of the book of Daniel. It says here, verse 8, Daniel determined that he would not defile himself. This young man, as a teenager, made the decision, even though I'm in Babylon, even though I'm in this faraway land, I will not live as the Babylonians live. I will choose to honor the Lord over there. He determined that he would not defile himself with the king's food or with the wine he drank. Let me tell you about the king's food. Daniel was Jewish. Jewish people eat kosher food. That's when you go to Kroger. If you ever see the K, a little circle K on the food, or a U, that means it's kosher. That's for Jewish folks. So when Daniel goes shopping and he's aisle 15, he's looking for the K and the U at Kroger. So when you go to Babylon, they don't serve the same thing as they would serve in Jerusalem. They would eat dogs, horses, and pigs. All three of those animals would be non-kosher. That means Jewish men and women cannot eat that stuff. They're not allowed to. The wine he drank, what was wrong with that wine? They took their wine and they offered it as a sacrifice to the idols. They would give their, they had idols all through. People worshipped things there in Babylon. They would get their wine and offer it to a sun god or a, a vineyard god and say, we give this. Daniel was not to drink anything or eat anything that had been sacrificed or offered to a false god. So here he is, and he cannot eat or drink this food. So what's he going to do? So here's what he did. He asked permission from the chief eunuch not to defile himself. And it goes on to say, in verse 9, God had granted Daniel kindness and compassion from the chief eunuch. So Daniel's that, he's that guy that comes and asks for the exception. You know... It's like, uh, and my dad, um, Sherry doesn't really eat at McDonald's very much, but growing up, I used to eat at McDonald's. And he would go there, and he'd order, like, first of all, who, I'm just curious, who here orders the fish sandwich at McDonald's? Wow, I'm shocked. You and Danny Osmond have a lot. He goes to McDonald's, he'd order the fish sandwich. Like, who orders a fish sandwich? That's not even real fish. But, the, but what he would do is they pre-make those. He would go and ask. This is his trick. He said, I'd like a fish sandwich without the mayonnaise. Now, if you ask for that, that means they have to cook it, which means it just takes forever because they, could, they, they pre-make that stuff and they squirt mayonnaise on it and just put it in a thing. It's, I mean, it's just assembly line food, ready to go. So if you ask for a specialty, like without mayonnaise, you're going to be waiting there extra seven or eight minutes. Because they've got to make your fish sandwich at McDonald's. Well, he did that every time we went out. He still does. And that's what he's going to order because he doesn't like mayonnaise. And he says, also, I know it's fresh because they're going to have to make it. It hadn't been sitting there forever with that. Well, that's kind of like what is. Daniel's about to, he's about to order the fish sandwich without mayonnaise. He's got, I, I can't eat this stuff. So I'm sure the folks there in Babylon are looking at him and going, oh my goodness, are you, are you going to make a special request on your food? And yes, he is. He's going to make his special request. It says here, the chief eunuch, he said to Daniel, I fear my lord, the king, who assigned your food and drink. Meaning Nebuchadnezzar picked out this food. You're going to eat the royal food. What if he sees your faces looking thinner than the other young men your age? You would endanger my life with the king. Meaning, if if King Nebuchadnezzar finds out that you're not eating the right food and you're looking scrawny and you're losing weight and thin and pitiful looking, they kill me. Here in Babylon, the way we do business is if you don't follow the king, you die. It's that simple. There's no justice. Justice is the king. So the chief eunuch's a little worried. So we're going to have a test. Verse 11. Keep going here. Look what it says. So Daniel said to the guard 
whom the chief eunuch had assigned to Daniel. Hananiah, Michelle, and Azariah. That's their Hebrew names there. So basically, chief eunuch said no, so who do you go to? You go to the guy below. <laughs> so he did that. Verse 12. Please test your servants for ten days. Let us be given vegetables to eat and water to drink. Three years. You ever heard of the Daniel diet? Do you know what it is? Vegetables and water. Three years, these young teenagers. Do you know any teenager? I mean, if you went up to a teenager and said, Sir, you're going to be eating vegetables and water. I mean, that would be worse than taking away their phone. Although, I don't know. It would be down there with it. Awful. But that is what they have chosen to honor the Lord by eating a different diet. One that doesn't disobey what they were taught. So they're going to they're gonna have this test here of vegetables and water. <clears throat> Do you know, Rick Warren um, pastors a church, if you're ever in Lake Forest, California, it's called Saddleback Church. And about seven or eight years ago, and I have the book, it's called The Daniel Plan. I guess everybody at their church was eating um, church potlucks and gaining weight. So they started something called The D- Daniel Plan, where you made a commitment to eat vegetables and water. I'm like... The, the church lost thousands and thousands of pounds. Everybody's skinny over there now. But that's what the Daniel plan is. It's when you make a promise that you're going to commit to following what the Scriptures say. I'm eating only vegetables and water. <clears throat> a lot of folks aren't excited about that. Then verse, you say, we don't want to hear that. That doesn't need to be a vision for our church. Then examine. <laughs> that's out in California. They just do that. That's fine with them. We've got our KFC. Then examine our appearance and the appearance of the young men who are eating the king's food and deal your servants based on what you see. So we got the 10-day test going. We're going to see, okay, who looks better? We're going to have the king's food over here or we're going to have vegetables and water. So look, what, look how God honors them. He agreed with that, with them about this and tested them for 10 days. Verse 15, it says, At the end of ten days, they looked better and healthier than all the young men who were eating the king's food. So God is honoring them and answering Daniel's prayer with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Last verse, verse 16. So the guard continued to remove their food and wine, and they were to drink, wine to drink, and they were to give them vegetables. There it is. And if you read on, you don't need to, but if you read on in your Bible there, in the rest of Daniel, Daniel was blessed with wisdom, with great knowledge, and God raised him up as a young man who was able to continue to serve the Lord in Babylon. You know, if you have your little bulletin, sir, if you look here. Daniel, first bullet point, is a captive. This man is is in a city. He's in a new country against his will. He everything was fine in his hometown of Jerusalem, and next thing you know, he's a thousand, two thousand miles away, in the middle of a place that he's not familiar with. He knows also from his Bible that the folks in Babylon built the Tower of Babel which it crumbled because God scattered the people there. And he's right there in the midst of it. It's a cradle of civilization. But it says here that they received, the second bullet point, these new names. And this is important. These new names were given to him. And this is why they went through, he went through a three-year indoctrination process. It was to erase their past. No longer do you need to think about your old life. And do you know... If you read the entire book of Daniel, he never again got to, went, got to go back to Jerusalem. He spent the rest of his life in this land that is not his land. Understand, Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they're in Babylon, but Babylon's not his home. Babylon's not their home. That's not where they belong. Their home was in Israel, but he had been captured. Every possible effort was made to make them forget the God of their people and embrace Babylon's pagan culture. Broadway, I believe 
that is true for us today. When we read our Bibles about Babylon, especially when you get to the book of Revelation, Babylon, even though there's a city called Babylon today that's in ruins in Iraq, I don't think we're sitting around waiting for Babylon there in Iraq to come back again. Babylon is a culture. It's an attitude. It's secularism. It's just this drift. You're just drifting down the road away from the Lord. Babylon is waking up every day and you don't read your Bible. You don't follow the Ten Commandments. You don't live by the teachings of Jesus. You don't go to church. You don't raise your family in church. You do whatever you want to do. And it's, it's dangerous because what happens is if you just drift along, you have the same fate as everyone else. Nebuchadnezzar here. You don't need to turn there, but later on in the book of Daniel, Daniel chapter 4, verse 30, this was, Nebuchadnezzar was a prideful, arrogant man. And if you get, if you go on in chapter 30, or verse 30, chapter 4, it says that he looked out his great kingdom and he started talking, he named himself, he named his city Babylon the Great. As, and then he goes on to talk about how much he built that. God actually spoke to him in heaven and said, I will destroy you. And Nebuchadnezzar was destroyed for that. Do you know the book of Daniel is actually mentioned several times, in, or one, one time in the New Testament. Look here up on the board. It's Matthew 24, 15. This is, what, this is the one verse. Jesus quoted one verse from the book of Daniel. It says, so when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by the prophet Daniel, standing in the holy place, let the reader understand. Do you know what the abomination of desolation is? In the book of Revelation, that's the Antichrist. He appears in Revelation chapter 11. And Daniel sees how Babylon, he's writing this prophecy. That's quoted from Daniel 9.27 there. Jesus quotes this Bible verse saying, just like in the time of Daniel, that Nebuchadnezzar, he was this wicked, arrogant man that just mocked and defiled the Lord. There's coming, he stole the temple treasury and tried to worship his own gods with it. There's coming a time in the future, where it will happen again. And that's what we see. When you get to the book of Revelation, it goes on and on about Babylon. Babylon is our culture we live in, that basically you can live your life here in Lexington, and you actually can drive down these roads, go shopping, go to work, you can do whatever you need to do, go to school, and you don't even have to think about the Lord. You won't even see a mention of His name or any presence of what God is doing. It's possible to live your life completely broken apart from the Lord. That's what we call a secular culture where there's very little influence of Christianity, of churches, you don't hear about in the schools. It's not on the TV or the internet or on social media. And Bible's warning us about that. Look here up on the board. This is going to be a Bible verse, Romans 12, 2. Look what Paul tells us, because he, this speaks to us trying to live here in a Babylonian culture. Do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Literally, we have to make sure that we do not find ourselves being conformed to Babylonian culture. And the way we do that is we, may, we guard our thinking so that, here's why, you may discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. One of the reasons you and I might be struggling and not knowing God's will and not knowing what God's plan is for us, and not seeing God work into our life, is because if you're just going about your day, drifting along, you will not encounter the Lord. Let me read this Bible verse one more time. 
Daniel 1.8. This is the key verse. Daniel 1.8 says, Daniel determined, look at this, he determined that he would not defile himself. Here in Lexington in 2019, Broadway, you and I have to decide, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to hang out with this person. I'm not going to this event because I know if I am around these people, these events, these things, it will suck and pull me in. I'll be going down a road that leads to being defiled. Young people, this is one of the best Bible verses. Where you make a decision at a young age saying, I'm not going to live like other people do. Do you know the great thing about Daniel? He's a teenager with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And when we read the book of Daniel, two main events always stick out. The first, later on in the chapters here, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were told to worship Nebuchadnezzar. Well, they only worship the Lord. So do you know his, their punishment? We're going to get the furnace, heat it up ten times extra hot, and we're going to throw them in there. It was so hot when they were getting thrown into the furnace that the guards died when they opened the, opened the door. The heat got them and killed them. They're tied up, bound, and tossed into this fiery furnace. Nebuchadnezzar's there is watching this execution, and he's looking at them. He says, wait a minute. Those guys were tied up. Now they're walking around. And there's a fourth one in there who looks like an angel. God sent an angel. Some folks think that was Jesus. We don't know. To come in there and protect Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And then they called them out, and they come walking out, and thinking, wow, look how the Lord protected them. Later on in Daniel chapter 6, Daniel at this point, this is 60 years later, he's an old man, 80 years old. And do you know what happened? They passed the law in Babylon that they could only worship Nebuchadnezzar, the king there. Well, Daniel's like, I only pray and worship the Lord. Three times a day. Not only that, Daniel, he opened his window so everybody could see him. He opens his window three times a day, went down and prayed to Jesus. They were spying on him. They got him. He said, you're busted. They went there, threw him in a lion's den. Again, an angel came and closed the mouth of the lion. What happened to these four young men? They honored God when they were young men. So when tough times came, and they always come in our life, God protected them and answered their prayer. You and I have to decide at a young age that we are not going to defile ourselves. Look up here on the board. Here are the three challenges Daniel encountered in Babylon. This is important because it applies to us today. And these are challenges for us. Number one, there was a challenge of secular education. These men were indoctrinated for three years. They were to be wiped clean of their old way of life. And I want you, some of y'all think, say, Pastor, I'm not, I don't go to school anymore. No, you're getting indoctrinated. You don't realize it. It's through TV, the internet, the news. You go to work and there's policies and rules that are passed and you're expected to just follow, go along to get along. You follow and just follow the rules. And Daniel had to make a decision. He says, this isn't me. Even if you send all your children to private schools and say, I'm not going to be around it, one day you're going to get a job in the real world and it's going to be there. Secularization, the culture of Babylon is around us everywhere you go. And you have to acknowledge it's going to be a challenge. But you're going to stand for the Lord. Number two, the challenge of sinful enticements. This is unlimited here. Today, it's unlimited in Babylon. People in Babylon, they did not live for what Scripture says. They didn't follow their Bibles. They did whatever they pleased. That is exactly like today. Who are you to tell me how to live? And God says we should follow and obey Him. And thirdly, this is what happens when you're in Babylon. The challenge of suffering. Remember, these four men are being trained to go into the king's palace. Do you know that same king tried to kill all four of them? They wouldn't die. God wouldn't allow them. Three got thrown into a fiery furnace. One got thrown in lines in. They all came out safe. You determine in your heart to live for the Lord, you will suffer. There's consequences. It's not easy to follow Christ. 
Do you know everybody, look up here on the screen, everybody around Daniel is told to eat, that, eat this way, drink this way, act and live this way in Babylon. These young men are in this place, and they're told to do these things. This is what we do. This is how it goes here in Lexington. And away in this foreign land, what does Daniel do? He trusts God. And this is what he said, and this is what we say. This is how we stand for the Lord amidst a city and a culture that's going the exact opposite. You say, no, I'm going to follow my God. I'm going to live according to the commandments, the rules, and the statutes of God. I'm going to live by what Scripture says. When everyone else is telling you to do this, we identify with Daniel when we say, I'm going to live this way. Remember in the book of Revelation, the church of Laodicea. We're going through the book of Revelation Wednesday night. Laodicea, Laodicea was spit in Revelation 3 out of Jesus' mouth. Why? Because they were lukewarm. Lukewarm people just drift along in Babylon. Jesus looked at him and said, Man, you're not even hot or cold. I can't even use you. You won't even speak up. You might not be the most wicked, worst guy of the class in school, but you're certainly not making a stand. Nobody knows what you believe in. Christ is calling you and I this morning. He's looking for an army of Daniels who say, I am determined, I am set, I am setting a personal goal of every day I will live for the King Jesus. I'm going to live for the Lord. Even if no one else does here in Babylon or in Lexington or Kentucky or in Fort Campbell, wherever you're at, you're choosing to live for the Lord. We see here in this Bible, we see that Babylon, literally, it's a place of re-education, of indoctrination, of secularization, and we're there. And you and I, we have to say, no, it's not going to be me. I choose to live for Jesus. This morning, have you made that decision? Have you decided to follow Jesus? Have you determined in your heart that you will live for Him. That's what it means to be saved. That's what it means to be a follower of Christ. Christ is looking for young folks. He's looking for Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. That even though you're in the worst place in the world, you could not defile yourself. God, I pray for the folks this morning. I pray this morning, if there's anybody here, they need to make a decision. Lord, we're in Babylon. And we need to determine to raise our families. To live our lives. To do the things so it doesn't suck us into this, this, this drift that just takes us away. I pray if there's anybody here that needs to make a decision to give their lives to you, I pray they have the boldness and courage to do so today. Lord, I pray that you will move in our hearts during this time of invitation. We respond to you. Lord, we give you this time, and Lord, we pray, we slip out of our pews and say yes to Jesus. In your name we pray today. Amen. We're going to have our invitation. We close every single worship service with an invitation. This is your opportunity to respond to what the Lord is doing in your life. You come down forward and speak to me. You join this church. Or you, whatever God, you can receive prayer, wherever God's placed in your heart, we're waiting for you to respond. So let's stand together. Chris and the band is going to lead us in our song, and we're waiting for you to respond. Lord, I come, I confess, bowing here, I find my rest. Without you, 
I fall apart You're the one That guides my heart Lord, I need you Oh, I need you Every hour I need you My one defense My righteousness Oh God, how I need you Where sin runs deep Your grace is more Where grace is found Is where you are Where you are Lord, I am free. Holiness is Christ in me. Lord, I need you. Oh, I need you. Every hour I need My righteousness, oh God, how I need you. So teach my songs to rise to you when temptation comes my way. When I cannot stand, I'll fall on you. Jesus, you're my hope and stay. Lord, I need you. Oh, I need you. Every hour I need you. My one defense, my righteousness. Oh God, how I need you. You're my one defense, my righteousness. Oh God, how I need you. You're my one defense, my righteousness. Oh God, how I need you. Amen. You can be seated just for a moment. We are glad that you are with us this morning. Uh, we are thankful that you chose to spend an hour out of your time. Don't forget, if you're new with us, we hope that you'll turn in your Connect card. If you missed the offering plate, that's fine. You can turn it in at our Welcome Center at the back of our sanctuary. I want to remind you of a couple of things that are going on. Don't forget... This afternoon is Trunk or Treat. Uh, if you are bringing your trunk to pass out candy, please be here by 4 o'clock to set up. Uh, festivities start at 5. There will be some food. We've got hot dogs, some food vendors, and things like that that are going to be here. So we hope that you will be back and join us at 4 o'clock to set up. And then 5 o'clock, Trick or Treaters will start coming through. So we're excited about all that's going on with that uh, this afternoon and all that uh, is going to be taking place here. Uh, again, we are glad that you're with us. Uh, pay attention to your bulletin and the screens as you come in and exit for uh, more announcements and things that are going on. Uh, and this morning, if you'll notice, there was a little insert in your bulletin on the back of Daniel's sermon outline. We are always in need of volunteers uh, around the church here in various ministries. And that is a, a, a small sampling, a list of some ways that you can get involved. If you want to know more about what it means to get involved here at Broadway, to, to plug in and serve or to be a member or whatever the case may be, we encourage you to come talk to us. Uh, the time of response doesn't stop today, uh, but you can talk to us anytime about what it means to, to take your next step with Jesus. And we would encourage you to do that. Let's pray together and then we'll be dismissed. Lord, we thank you for this morning. God, we thank you for the time of worship that you uh, allowed us to have here. And Lord, just the, uh, the, the, the time that we were able to, to spend together this morning. God, we pray now that uh, as we 
uh, move into this afternoon. Lord, we pray for Trunk or Treat. We pray that you are honored. Lord, we pray that your gospel would go forward. Uh, Lord, that we would be able to uh, show the light of Jesus to our community this afternoon. Lord, we pray for good weather. Uh, Father, as mundane as that may seem, Lord, we pray that uh, the sun would be out and that uh, it would be conducive to, to what we're doing so that we can be able to share your word. Lord, we love you. We thank you for all that you're doing through our church here at Broadway, Lord, and what we know that you are going to be faithful to continue to do in and through us. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. You are dismissed. Have a good afternoon. We'll see you at 4 o'clock. The dark tried to hide you and steal 